Tiger's got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour, this is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. On the Green, WFUV's golf podcast is back. Andrew Galat is here. Mike Calamari is here. Sam Davis on the Zoom from Ireland. I am Chris Hennessy to recap Scotty Scheffler's first major championship, first green jacket, his fourth win of the season, the number one player in the world, Andrew, gets it done with a score of 10 under par. This was another fantastic Masters. Yeah, great to be with you guys. The foursome is back here to recap the Masters, and Scotty was amazing. And continuing that Tiger-like stretch that he's been having, just been torridly hot right now, and he showed again, and now he's on the sports worldwide stage, and now... It's not only golf fans know him and about his stretches now. You know, all sports fans all over the world knows who Scotty Scheffler is. Yeah, I, I think if you were following the world of golf, you knew his name for a while now. But I had a lot of friends that I was talking about the Masters, and they're like, oh, Scotty Scheffler, he's not going to do anything. They were picking the John Roms, the DJs, the Justin Thomases. And now Scheffler showed how good he was at one of the hardest golf courses in the world. And he didn't just win, he did it convincingly. I mean, he three-putted I think that uh that last yeah. hole and four. still four was it a four, four yeah it was four yeah so th- uh that that just shows you how dominant he was and uh a great tournament just how could the Masters not be good now I'm so excited to talk about it yeah Chris I mean we, we gotta give you a lot of credit you picked the winner <laughs> it's the first time oh, in the history even, yeah. of on the green that a winner has been correctly chosen and I think it's like looking in hindsight, it was a very obvious pick considering how dominant Scheffler's been, but not the most popular choice in terms of, like you said, Mike, you know, people were riding with Rom and, and, and others as well. JT also, you know, Chef has just been absolutely on fire watching him play golf at this time of year. I mean, he's in a stretch right now. We'll get into it. That has been as dominant as some of the greats. So overall, you just have to sit back and realize the moment that we're in right now with Scotty Scheffler. It's his world, and we're all just kind of living in it right now with how well he's been playing on the golf course. Well, I appreciate the sentiment there, Sam. Uh, yes, I did get it right. Now, I was texting with our dear friend Jimmy Sullivan over the weekend because he's a golf nut, too, and he texted me, oh, your Scheffler pick's looking good, and I was telling him, I was like, look, I couldn't legitimize in my head picking anybody else. He's been that good, and he's won two of the three biggest events of the year so far. And that third event was the players, obviously the biggest purse of them all, and that one gets Cam Smith. And I think that Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler being the final group on Sunday at the Masters is extremely indicative of what this season has been so far. It's been Scotty at number one and Cam at number two. Now, if this, if the final round of the Masters is indicative of what we're come, what we're going to see, that means that Rory is going to make a late, <laughs> a late season charge, unlike anything we've ever seen, and maybe finally win a Master or a major after eight years. 
without one. And we'll get into all that, but I do want to talk about Scotty first because he deserves it. I mean, this guy is mm-hmm. is amazing. I'm only 25 years old. I think he really oh, I know. He really started to pull away on Friday. He went full-blown psycho mode on a main quarter on Friday. He makes a par on 11 which is almost as good as a birdie. I mean, every, nobody was birdieing that hole until Cam Smith, and we'll get into that. He birdies 12, makes about a 10-footer. He The 13th hole, to me, was when I was like, this dude is on one, because he he hits it way, he blocks one way outright, but falls short of the creek and has this weird angle chip shot and skips it in there to just a couple feet. Six shot, birdies the 13th, pars 14, and then makes a birdie on the par 5 15th. Goes, uh, what is that, three under through those five holes? That's that's as good as it gets, man. I mean, that is that is complete and utter just domination of that corner of the golf course, the corner that wins it every single year for the champion. We talk about this every year. He happened to win it on Friday with that corner, but, man, Andrew, that was a lot of fun to watch on Friday night. Scotty Scheffler was just on fire Friday. And, like, what I liked what he did, though, because you talked about Rory had an amazing Sunday. Camp Smith had a nice stretch in there as well. He's the only one who really played four days of full golf, which is the reason why he ran away with it. It wasn't just he had, what did he shoot on Friday? Was it 67? I think that's right, yes. Yeah, so he shot 67, but he didn't shoot over. Yeah, 67. Yeah, but he, then he didn't have that clunker of a day. He didn't have like a 74 like some of the other guys did. So he played a complete weekend of golf, and when you can have one great round plus three other you know good rounds and solid rounds, you're going to win here at Augusta, and Scotty was able to do that. Yeah, I mean. Scheffler, absolutely unbelievable. He was so much, like, clearly better than everyone else. I think Cam Smith, you know, initially really looked like the guy, but Scheffler was just doing everything right. And the lesson I learned is that playing good golf at this time of the year matters a lot. It's not going to be someone who just turns it on at the right time. And I think a lot of us thought that could have been Kepka. Um, it could have been, you know, some of those other golfers we talked about that couldn't make a run in it, John Rahm included in that. And I think a lot of it has to do with are you – playing good golf coming into the Masters. And we've seen that in years before, and it's just reminded me of it once again to see the number one golfer in the world, the guy who's been the best golfer all year, win at Augusta. And that top five, all guys who have been playing pretty good golf this season, talking about Cam Smith, Justin Thomas right around there. He's been playing pretty good golf all season long. And, you know, Rory McIlroy someone who hasn't been playing awful golf. He's been playing good golf as well. But the guys who have not been doing that, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, those are the guys that are falling behind in the leaderboards, and that's, I think, a lesson. It's it's tough to just turn it on at Augusta, and you know, and Scotty Scheffler shows that with his dominant victory. Yeah, I want to go back to something Andrew said about, um, first of all, his ability to find a, kind of play consistent golf, and that's key. That's something I've talked about with almost every single Scheffler win so far this year. That's what really impresses me the most, because the game of golf can get away from from you so quickly especially mentally but also physically you can quickly go from you know we see it all the time guys go from having a really great round and then all of a sudden double or triple a hole or a couple holes back to back and they fall out of the leaderboard or they fall out of position that can happen at any time across all four days of golf that's why it's so exciting that's why we love watching it but it's also incredibly frustrating but chef he finds a way to kind of even the ship he finds a way to stay consistent, stay level, despite any sort of, you know, difficult hole, difficult couple holes or whatever it may be. And he'll bounce back and have a nice birdie or even an eagle at times. So his ability to do that, and especially was, you know, I go back to Friday. I think that was obviously 
you know, such a key day for him. And then over the weekend and especially Sunday, he's just kind of coasting at that point and just trying to hold on to that lead, which he was able to do on Sunday. But Friday was incredibly impressive as a lot of guys struggled on the course. Uh, the course, uh, you know, Augusta was really beating guys up on Friday and, and Saturday as well. And he showed that ability to kind of stay consistent, remain level. And one other thing, too, that really impresses me with Scotty is his attitude. And I think a lot of people have talked about how, you know, he's very mature for his age. He's only 25 years old. He, he looks like he's like 50, you know, he's like, but he's only 25 years old. I mean, he's a young guy and his ability and his attitude and maturity, uh, I think, is is honestly is unbelievably impressive. You know, he went. You know, I think I saw, you know, there was a note that somebody wrote about what Scotty said before Sunday at Augusta. And he said that winning, you know, would have a huge impact on his golf career, but would have no impact on his personal life. And he went about the round saying, I'm going to play as freely as possible. I'm going to see what happens. I'm just going to play the best I can. And the rest really isn't up to me. You know, no matter how real he actually believes that to be, I mean, I'm sure he's incredibly nervous and still faces a lot of pressure uh, Sunday at Augusta. But just the ability and the maturity to tell yourself that and say, let me just take it hole by hole. We'll see what happens. To me, that just shows, you know, the attitude, which is so important in this game and really impressive from a 25-year-old. 100% agree, Sam. And I think that his post-round comments made him a star. Yeah. Like, we know that he's a star on the course, and we've seen plenty of those guys come through. But in terms of the general consensus and the general sports fan who's watching SportsCenter on Monday morning, it's what he said afterwards that I think made him super relatable where he talked about like the support system he has and how he woke up on Sunday morning and was so nervous he was in tears like he couldn't that was, that was an amazing sound bite amazing yeah. completely incredible and just the way he spoke about it it was just like kind of it was like nothing I was like yeah you know I was crying my face off and <laughs> uh yeah my wife is awesome and uh yeah here I am I just won the masters it's like oh okay cool um but yeah I, I thought he was an absolute superstar from beginning to end, from Wednesday at the par three with him and his wife Meredith, I believe her name is, yeah. um, they were out there, and then until Sunday night, way into the night, into the early morning of Monday, with some great post-round comments that I definitely recommend go looking up if you uh, don't know what we're referring to. But I, I have a couple of funny things I want to mention about Scotty. First of all, is, well, we might talk a little bit about Faldo later, because I thought he had a terrible, ter- terrible weekend in general on the broadcast, but <laughs> Faldo hates Scotty Scheffler's swing. I don't know if you heard this, but there's a couple times, every time Scheffler hit a bad shot, Faldo go, oh, look at his feet, and then like, because <laughs> his feet are so weird. And somebody even said to him at one point, he's like, dude, like he's a natural athlete, he's not a golfer, like that's... That's what Tiger has brought to the this generation is people who aren't like country club golfers playing on the PGA Tour. Guys like Brooks, like Bryson, who are just freak athletes. And Scotty's one of those guys. He doesn't have a traditional swing. Uh, so that was something I meant that I caught my ear a couple different times. And the other one is he has no idea how to put a vest or jacket on. Yeah, just simply has the, no idea. He's yeah. putting on like the vest. Like, he knocked his hat yeah, off. So good. That was yeah, amazing. I remember, Chris, I think you sent that where it was like, oh, it's going to be some trouble at the, the jacket. And then it was. And then it was. He got yeah. his right was, arm stuck. It was pretty clean. I thought it was clean enough. No, the outside one was clean. The inside one was not clean. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The outside one with the trophy and everything, that one was good. But the first one with Hideki inside Butler Cabin. I didn't see that he, one. That's he why. got his arm jammed up in, in the sleeve hole there. Yeah. Well, I, well, one thing I, I, I've been thinking about is seeing Tiger Woods back. You also got to think about what he did for the game. I was talking about rock and roll 
um, to hip hop uh, teacher just before that we recorded this, and he was talking about how you know before Tiger, it wasn't as popularized the game of golf. So like you said, it's a lot of country country club golfers, and now I think you know real athletes are you know getting into this game, and the level of competition has gone up where it's like you have the DeChambeaus driving at that distance, you have the Scotty Schefflers who are just freak athletes, and I think that's a lot of it thanks to Tiger Woods and. I'm not sure if we're ready to shift here, but seeing someone that influential back on the golf course and then outbeating golfers who have been doing it for years, I think it's just seeing what he's brought to the game and how it's kind of come full circle. And then the comeback he's made is also just inspiring to see as both a fan and I think for every player that played. And although he struggled a lot on Saturday and Sunday, I think shooting 78 both days, you know, it was still insane to see him those first two days actually competing. Before we move on, I just want to say shout out to Highland Park High School, who where shout Scotty Scheffler went to. So did Matthew Stafford, and so did Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. So that high school, three championships in three years. So mm-hmm. a lot of a, a lot of hardware going back uh, to Texas and Highland Highland High School. Yeah, yeah. That. Before you know, Chris, before you you hop in there, I just want to you know jump in quickly too. And since you mentioned Tiger, and I know we're going to get into him just about now. The run that Scotty is on right now, I, I think, needs to be recognized. It's as, tiger-like, you know. Yeah, exactly. That, that's my point. I, I think not enough people are recognizing how great, you know, this this run is right now. I, I pulled a stat from uh, the PGA Tour. I think it's from their Twitter, and it was, you know, uh, players to win four times. That includes a major and a World Golf Championship event. It's Scotty and it's Tiger eight other times. So, <laughs> but that's just the that thing. It's Tiger that. eight other times. Yes, that speaks yeah, to how he... good Tiger is, but it also speaks to how good this run is right now by Scotty. So I think that's a really cool stat that shows both of those things at the same time. Well, one thing I want to add, we are a wa- uh, ways away from this, but Scheffler's not even the favorite to win the PGA Championship. I think Rom <laughs> opened up as the favorite, which shocks me. And I don't know, he's just not, he's still not seen as that guy. I mean, if you think about it, Scotty Scheffler on Super Bowl Sunday did not have a win. That's and correct. Now he, and now he does. And he was outside. The, he was outside the top ten in the World Going, Golf Rankings. Yeah. And on now Super Bowl Sunday, Scotty Scheffler on Super Bowl Sunday could walk around anywhere in the United States, and chances are nobody would know who he was. That's correct. And now he cannot. Now he cannot do that. No. Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> he has made himself into a star over the last seven weeks, and you guys mentioned Tiger. We'll get into him now. Man, oh man, this was this was heart racing, heart racing. Like, I yeah. was tense watching him on Thursday morning. Tea time ended up being about eleven oh four with uh, some weather delays, and overall Thursday went as well as could be expected. I think um, he teed off and he lost the ball a little bit to the right, ended up coming short of the bunker, and he made this face, and he ended it end, the face ended up being at the ball. He wasn't hurt in that moment. Because he was like, oh, get... And he grimaced, and I was like, oh, no. We can't even get one shot. But it ended up being at the ball. I was like, okay. And he's chugging along. He makes a good birdie at six. He makes a bad bogey at eight. He then, on the backs on the back, he makes a birdie and then a bogey. A birdie 16 ends up parring the final two holes, finishes at one under. Thursday was exactly what I thought it was going to be. The people were going nuts. He used the putter as a cane a couple different times, but it was... As good as could, it felt good to finally watch that again. I forgot if it was Thursday or Friday, but the shot from the pine needles where he had to get it up there, and it was one of those shots where it was definitely his hardest swing shot of the day. 
and you saw him just like okay like he took a deep breath he closed his eyes he's like this is gonna hurt a ton and he shot it i believe it was a good shot i I forgot if i forgot if it was thursday or friday and he was just like the you know the grimace after it's like this guy is fighting you know to try to finish his course which you know kudos to him for playing all four rounds really tough course the way it was playing saturday and sunday for him but makes the cut which is I, th- I think a huge success for him he said that he's definitely playing in st andrews yeah he open. committed to that but neither we'll southern with, hills or yeah. uh the us open. so we'll have to see after that you know or before that i guess it would be uh for those other two majors but it was great to see him back great to see the eyes on tiger when you open espn and it's all tiger woods and all masters coverage that's just i mean it's so good for the game of golf yeah andrew no i think you bring up a totally great point in that you can't call what happened this weekend a failure by any stretch of the imagination. I think making the cut is incredibly impressive for, for considering, you know, Tiger Woods, we talked about it, you know, on, on the podcast last week, he just doesn't miss cuts at Augusta. And even in these circumstances, you know, the, the same, the same truth rings out. He obviously doesn't miss the cut plays. You know, I think Thursday, like you said, Chris, that was really a, you know, perfect case, perfect scenario. And I think it got people a little too, not too excited, but a little too, you know, I guess the expectations grew a little bit out of hand, even for Tiger Woods, because at the end of the day, obviously his body is going to respond to the fact that he's playing and walking 18 holes of golf for the first time in a long time. And and really just, you know, in, in a competitive sense, obviously at the masters. So I think people's expectations got, you know, maybe a little bit extended or out of hand to the point where it was about the fact that Tiger played, four rounds of golf at Augusta. He did not have to withdraw. Obviously, he was reaching back at times and, you know, feeling the pain and playing through pain, which he, you know, openly said was the case. But the fact that he got through all four rounds, walked the course, I think overall, and then making the cut on top of that is just, you know, icing on the cake. I think really it is um, an incredibly impressive weekend from Tiger Woods. Obviously, it's disappointing, and it's not what you want to see from him, and everybody would have loved to see him at least playing, you know, somewhat in contention, uh, you know, instead of the weekend that he did have. But overall, just looking back, you know, at the round, you know, at the tournament as a whole for Tiger, I'm just so, you know, unbelievably impressed. And I'm really grateful just to even see him playing four rounds of golf at Augusta. That's really all we can ask for. I don't know if he's going to play in the next couple of majors. I, I, I seem to think at the moment that he won't, considering he wasn't really committing to them. But also, I think his competitive nature might take over when we get a little bit closer to the PGA or to the U.S. Open, and, and that might change his attitude towards participating in those tournaments. And it also depends on how he feels physically. But I think at St. Andrews, I would be shocked if he isn't there. I think there's a very good chance, as he said, that he will be there. But right now, overall, just incredibly impressed with what he was able to do, just stringing together four rounds at Augusta. Yeah, I think just Tiger Woods being there added so much excitement, you know, to the Masters that we just haven't had. I think it, uh, you know, since he has played in it, and uh, we lost that a bit last year. But to see him back out there, I know Saturday and Sunday doesn't go how he wants him to go finish his 13 over. But listen, he's going to have a future of competition again. I don't know when that is. I think if you flip these tournaments and the Masters is in two or three months, and we have an earlier major like the U.S. Open in place of the Masters at this time of year. I don't think he comes back. I think it's because of the Masters that he wanted to participate again. So I'm not sure what his future holds this season, but I think there will be competition for Tiger in the future, and he'll be able to win a tournament again. I think if the if the argument is, does he win another PGA event 
I think he does. I just don't know when that is. You think is. he's winning a major then? Because he's only going to be playing majors. And maybe his tournament. You know, he don't, doesn't hop in like a players or a, No way he plays no, the players. No. He'll, play He'll play his some combination of the Genesis, which the is Genesis, his. Yeah. The Masters. Isn't there something in the Bahamas that he... Uh... The, that's in December, yeah. yeah. So let's go in chronological order from January 1 to December 31. So he'd play some combination every year from now until he can. The Genesis, the Masters, the PGA, um, Memorial in Ohio, which is Jack's tournament, for as long as Jack is alive, obviously. Uh, U.S., British, and then who knows if he's even going to have enough FedEx points to meet, meet, reach the playoffs. I doubt he would, and Dude, I doubt he I'm, would I'm play. I'm talking more about in years. Like, yeah. you don't think he plays, like, the Arnold Palmer in next year? No way. No. You think he's well, he too said, long? He said he's, ne- he said he's never playing a full schedule again. No, there's no he way he can. He talked about it post-round, uh, post his fourth round. He's like, I have to change my swing. I have to change it again, so now there's more stress on my back, so I can't play a ton of rounds in a row because yeah. then my back's going to get screwed up. And it's so I, I, would, I, would, like, I would say yeah. he wins a major. I would say he. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Best sure. chance he has is either at Augusta or at St Andrews in July. Yeah. I don't know if he's healthy enough to win at St Andrews in July. If he, if we get there and we see him play well at the U.S. Open, and it seems like he's he's on the path to playing if pretty Mickelson well, I could see him win winning. At Fifty, I think a tiger. Different was... thing though. He's uh, as we said last week. Phil is younger in terms of look, look at all the weight Phil just lost. Yeah, Phil's body is is. At its peak right now. So if you had to say, would you say think Phil is more likely to win? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I maybe seen Phil's Tiger. never winning a U.S. Open. Phil can win a, a Masters again. He, he, he I don't he, think he, Tiger could win a U.S. Open. Well, Phil can also no, win a regular. No Phil can. Phil will be playing more events on the PGA Tour. Like well, if he's ever allowed to again. Yes. Yeah, that, that well, yeah. too. Well, I mean, so yeah, exactly, I think that's he, he if he's be playing, playing in Saudi. Just majors, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being blinded as a Tiger Woods fan. I'm not even the biggest Tiger Woods fan, but just seeing him make the cut at, at his first start yeah. back, I it's told po- you he'd make the it's cut. It's possible. Well, you <laughs> said he'd make. We all. Out. I was gonna say you said he'd make top twenty. But I did. We all, I mean, we all, we all did. did. We all did, except for Sam. Mike won that challenge. By the way. I yeah, I mean, we totally didn't. We kind of glossed over that, but yeah, top twenty challenge. I went eight and five. The rest of you guys flowing around five hundred. Well, listen, if Rory didn't have the day he had on on, uh, you know, Rory and Morikawa just came up out of nowhere, and both of those guys, I, I didn't, not I didn't pick 20. not, I didn't pick Morikawa to make it, but I had some good okay. fades. I'd kept a fade not to make top twenty, and so did Rom. But the DJ yep. was a surprise. I, I didn't think I picked Xander him. killed us. He got cut and all of a sudden he would make top Xander, 20. What was yes, that? I mean, Xander I was all me. over Xander. He plays he the Masters. Me. I was all well. over Xander. He's my winner. Uh, he just completely fell off the face of the earth. That, that was, was a weird one. Well, Sam, I mean, not Sam. Um, Andrew, you had a... Uh, it was rough. The, the, this winner. was my... So I'm never like looking into like these. I'm just going to go off my instinct. I'm, I'm, I'm just not <laughs> looking too much into it because I, I was going into Monday. I was like, you know, Scotty's looking really good. I just... I just Going off past tournaments, watching past tournaments, like, I'm gonna pick Scotty, and then I was gonna go. My fave was gonna be Fleetwood. But you see, like the thing is, or not the, my fle- my sleeper was gonna be Fleetwood. Fleetwood ended up making the top twenty. Yeah, you would have gone three for three. Yeah, so I was just like, I'm not doing. I'm just like this. I just looked at the field. I, I looked at where they were playing, like how they were playing up to this point, and I was like, okay. And I have my three for this week. Well, yeah, we'll that's what that's what like makes golf tough is sometimes you have to fade your instinct, and then when your instinct actually ends up being right, you I just... was playing mind games with myself. You yeah. were. I, was, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even gonna lie. We all got one right. For, which is good. No, the, I think the majors are going to be the easiest to pick, just because you know yeah. it's just you play up. And, I did say off well, air that one of us were going to have our winner. You did, but you so. know I did some math, and if you picked all yeses, you're still like seven and six. So you need <laughs> you can't you can't even go that route if you picked all yeses in the top twenty. There were still enough nos that 
you wouldn't do well and that True. just shows the competition. So basically you're saying I so I went seven and six and if I just picked all yeses I also would have went seven and six. But 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 that yes, saying? that's what I'm saying. Well, but we I'm picked saying like all the top twenty I'm saying that's what makes my A and five that more that's impressive. Depressing. I'm bragging now. <laughs> I'm saying that's that I had to have the knowledge to pick some of the rest of us. We yeah. could have just literally just random it, and we would have got about the same. So that's Matthew, kind of depressing for the rest of us. Matthew Yama backdoored top 20 yeah, to get you the win. Yeah. That's what got you the win. I was the, the only one who picked him. You me. were. And he backdoored top 20 to get you the win. But, like, we have no <laughs> evidence. That was a miracle he did. We had no. Miracle. I mean, he was barely alive on Thursday. He had no business. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing was 20. is when you drop out of tournaments leading up to the Masters, like, how, how are you supposed to finish top 20? And his – Odds, I think, were pretty low too. Right? Yeah, for, for, for a defending a champion, yeah. especially yes. I think he was right. Like it was him and DeChambeau were at the same odds. Yeah, it was. They, well, they D- were Bryson's close. odds were inflated because it's Bryson, and he had. To, by the well, way, I watched the Chris. Dude Perfect video. It was terrible. It, really? it was yeah. so bad. Don't watch it. Do not watch it. It was well, so Chris, bad. Chris, if you I've didn't never, know I've this, never seen it. Yeah, he's such a cringy person. Yeah. Oh, Bryson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know the Masters is par sixty-seven. Par. Yeah, that was all. My favorite quote of all time: par sixty-seven. He's, oh, ne- he's never shot a 67 no, at all never since once. he said that. What, nope. did, what did he finish? Wow. He finished plus 12, that's a, that's so amazing. he shot. Didn't he shoot an 80? Bryce. Uh, VJ. Yep, 80. He shot VJ. an 80 on Friday. I'm pretty sure VJ Singh did better than him on Friday. VJ. Well, ever since, just, it's ever since he, he dropped, ever since he dropped the hat. Ever since he dropped okay, the hat. Okay, so oh, you think he should Couples. go back to the hat. It was Fred Couples who... Uh, Yep, by one shot. <laughs> yeah. You know what I was? I was watching the I was watching the Tiger Woods 2019 uh, Masters win, and Bryson DeChambeau is like a stick. I know like yeah. he, it's crazy. He bulked up a lot. You I watch some old Ryder Cup. You watch like the Ryder Cup highlights from Parrot. Why would you want to watch that? But or from uh, Hazeltine, and I mean he looks like a twig. It's unbelievable. Yes, uh, star of the show for me was Guido Migliozzi, who was oh in the God, lead yeah. early on Thursday. That's yeah. the greatest name of all time. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to mention him. Uh, shout out Guido. I hope he does well one day. Well, I love I love the uh, Masters for the amateurs. Oh, of course. And no, no amateurs made the cut this year, which is unfortunate. When's um, the last time that happened? Did it happen last year? I think it was like 2018. Didn't Hovland play well? Hovland did play well. He made the cut in 2019. 2019, okay. That's when it Hideki was. Matsuyama shot under par when he was an amateur. Really? Yeah, I think that was oh. Rur- the Rory Charles right. year. I think. Could check me on that. But... Um, yeah, I, I I was not terribly impressed with the amateurs, but it's so hard. I mean, this this week with the conditions was yeah, absolutely was... <laughs> preposterous. Uh, speaking of conditions, Camp Smith, who played through some ridiculous conditions at the Players Championship, played poorly on Friday, which really killed him. He gets exactly. out to a five under five under lead. He's playing well on Thursday, and then he shoots a seventy four. On Friday, the Aussie bounces back with a 68 on Saturday to get himself into the final group. Then he falls apart, which we could talk a little bit about on Sunday. But I want to get to the first three days first because he shoots. I mean, if you it the winning score was 10 under. He was 10 under if you just take the Friday and the the Thursday and the Saturday rounds. Can't do that. But though. you can't do that. He shoots two over on on uh, on Friday. So this was definitely disappointing. But it, I mean, he's so young. This feels like a guy who's going to win a couple of majors in his career because he can roll the rock, man. His oh putting was unfreaking believable. Well, that's what I was going to say. What's holding him back is everything else besides the putting. I mean, he's good enough to win tournaments, but like his putting is just such a rock-solid guarantee that he is going to putt well, which makes him almost 
the safest pick. If you ever aren't sure, you can 100%. pick Cam Smith because you know the putting's going to be there. And where do people fall apart? Usually on the green. Yeah, you can. Oh. You can. Oh. Oh. <laughs> do you know the title of this podcast? It's called On the Green, bro. <laughs> The amount of time, whenever I hear that on a broadcast now, I'm like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Where it's like, <laughs> I'm going to get the TV. But uh, yeah, so that's Love what makes that. him so Love safe that. as a pick is because he's going to putt well. And even if you miss a drive, you miss a fairway, you know, your iron shot hits the bunker. He's going to bogey save or he could par save because of his punting, putting skills. And that's what's been the problem for guys like Spieth where they fall apart on the uh, on putting. And that's what makes, you know, those guys less consistent so cam smith is gonna have a future in this game without a doubt this season and beyond and he if he can figure out the rest of the stuff boy is he gonna be dangerous i think that what you guys i completely agree he started the fourth round two with birdie birdie right because it got him within yes he one. did so he just fell apart there at the end i don't know if that's a point where like once you go he went birdie birdie bogey bogey and you're like oh god and it just kind of gets to that point where like i'm not going to catch Scotty so it's you know it's like maybe you're just playing mental games with yourself after that but you know like like I said before with Scotty how it's so impressive that he went you know four good rounds of golf I mean you know went under par every single uh round Cam Smith you just take out the middle ones he just a guy that I think will win one because of the putting and I will say it's so fun to either watch or play when your putter is on because you feel like even if you had a bad shot with your irons or a bad shot off the off the tee, you're like, oh, at least I could, you know, two putt this for me personally. Right, or two putts good for, for them. Us, yeah. One putt, you know. So it's like, it's it's some of that stuff where it's just it, it is fun when your putter's on and you're just shaving you're shaving strokes off, even after you have you know a bad few holes. Yeah, Andrew, I don't know if I've ever felt that way with my putter personally, <laughs> but I mean, for me, it's I like a three putt. I, it's like yes. Yeah, I can imagine that feeling is probably pretty good. But anyway, with Cam Smith, I mean, you know. Very similar stuff for me. Just super up and down as as a as a tournament as a whole. Just a roller coaster, really. I mean, he had. I I heard I heard this somewhere, so I'm you know I'm pretty sure this is true, but you might have to fact check me on. But he had the most birdies out of any player in the tournament. Um, that wouldn't which, surprise me. Which shows you know the ability he had to go out and win this tournament. You know, it, it's it's just the the inconsistency. You know, with the with the longer game, nothing to do with the putting. Normally, it's weird. I feel like. You know, younger players, it's more often than not that they struggle with the short game, and that's something that they have to develop as they get older, as they get more mature, versus the other way around. He's got the short game down. It's about building, you know, the the iron play and, and stuff like that. So, you know, even work around the greens. So, for me, you know, I think, like you guys mentioned, he really has a bright future with the fact that he has that foundation of, of that really good short game. And it's about, you know, you know, maybe being a little bit more consistent, playing more consistent golf, something that Scotty did incredibly well. That's why he won this tournament. And, and and Smith did not do as well being up and down. And that's the reason why he sits, you know, outside of that, that uh, you know, not winning that green jacket. But, you know, it's disappointing, I think, with the fact that he very well could have won this tournament. But at the same time, he has a lot to look forward to. He's already got a win at the players, which is incredibly impressive given those conditions. And I think he's got a really good year ahead of him. I really do. I think the, the the future is very bright for Cam Smith. One thing I will say about Cam Smith, completely not having to do with his golf uh, golf play. I don't, I'm not a fan of the hat, the flat brim okay. hat. I was going to say you got to get rid of the mustache. It's getting too furry. Yeah, or the yeah. mullet. Yeah, I thought the mullet I'm, I'm, I'm in on. I'm in on the mullet. He gives me Ricky Fowler vibes, kind of. That's fine. 
It didn't work out for Ricky Fowler, but he, I mean, he was, it hasn't worked out for Ricky Fowler, but in terms of like selling merchandise, I'm not sure anybody besides Tiger has sold more merchandise in his life than Ricky Fowler. I mean, there was a point where when we, I went to a Travelers up in uh, Cromwell, Connecticut one year, and it was like every single kid had a flat brim orange Puma hat on. Every single one. So in terms of a look, I don't mind him being Ricky. I hated the Ricky Fowler. He's the most recognizable non-major winner. 100%. So Ricky Fowler Fowler is. So you used to wear those like those like all orange, all orange, the Oklahoma State yeah, get up. Yeah, yeah, it was completely ridiculous. But Highlighter, it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the the flat brim, not a huge fan of. But the the, the flat brim skills, with the mullet though is I yeah, it's not a bad. You know, look. it's a style. And I, I, I owns the, the flat it. Brim, the flat brim's better than the Bryson hat though. The the, oh, I the, hate the that. hat. I hate that hat it, so much. All right, the, that's three consecutive episodes. That's three consecutive episodes. And try to set the record of how much Andrew hates the hat. Next. <laughs> Next podcast, maybe we'll do a golf hat draft. Little. <laughs> All right, I'm in. <laughs> By the way, I'm wearing a Nike polo here because I'm going to the Islanders game. This is not in honor of Scotty, but Scotty had a great Nike script. Nike has like the worst scripts of anybody. They had Tony Finau in that ridiculous shirt. Yeah. They have okay. the some of their hats have been awful. Remember at Beth Page, they had the Nike going vertical oh, yeah, down the hat. Good. That yeah. was terrible. But Scotty looked clean. He had the blue. He had like a nice navy blue one day. Also the tiger shoes. The tiger shoes, which was a, a nice, a nice. So I liked. So Scotty won with the outfits as well, except for that Sunday shirt was brutal. Yeah, Whew, that was bad. But the other outfits were pretty good. Um, speaking of a guy who who rocks some Nike shirts, that's Roy McIlroy. Uh, he shot a sixty four on Sunday, which is. Pretty good. Preposterous. I mean, that's absolutely <laughs> insane. I mean, I, I do that uh, a lot, but... Right, you know. in, in 11 holes. Um, <laughs> he played himself out of it early in the week. He goes 73-73. He makes the cut barely. Comes back with a 71 on Saturday. So he's sitting there at one over par. He's playing with Colin Morikawa. Apparently they're buddies. They're both tailor-made guys. So it makes sense. And they just start vibing out there. Really they just start, they're just start vibing out there, man. They just had a good time. Uh, and... Rory shoots a 64. He goes out in what was it? That's one off the course record. One off the course record. He ties for the lowest round on a Sunday in Masters history. He goes out in 32 and in in 32. And he finishes it all. First of all, he makes an eagle on 13, which was was insane. And then he parred 14, 15, 16, and 17. At that point, you're like, man, it's over. Like, Rory put it together a hell of a run. He needed to break the course record to do anything, right? If he had had shot 62, he would have gotten to 9 under, and that might have put some pressure on. But... He pars those four holes, like, all right, it's over. Let's see what he could do on 18. Maybe he could shoot the 64. Uh, 63 is now out of the question, uh, which would tie the all-time major record for a round. And he puts it in the greenside bunker. You're like, all right, up and down for par, 67, and he holds out. (laughs) I want to talk about your reaction to this mainly because – so what's happening is Scheffler and Cam Smith are lining up their chip shots on 13. They're both standing on the green looking at the slope. And you hear this roar come through the television. And Dottie Pepper, I think it was Dottie Pepper, said into the microphone, that roar was so loud, there's only one person on the golf course it could be for. Obviously, Tiger's not out there. We know Jordan's not out there. It had to be for Rory. You knew what had just happened. He made a birdie on 18. And then Faldo goes, something spectacular just happened. And then Rory's standing at the bunker. It's like, you got to be kidding me, Faldo. Come on, you ruined the whole thing. So your reaction to this, the double hole out in 18, Morikawa gets in the other bunker and drills it too. This was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, and see them celebrate because they are buddies. I mean, who would have thought that those two would be buddies? But And they're like celebrating sense, together. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. It's just, you know, you, how Morikawa has to be like eight years younger than him then. Morikawa was 25. 
and McElroy like was McElroy 32. was 21 when he lost the Masters, so that he's that was 11 I, years I ago. So he got 32. 32. Uh, I want to say. Let me do the Google thing. Yeah, so it's he's 32. Yeah, it's like that, that, that's a pretty big age gap. Yep. But you know, for them to celebrate, it was it was awesome. I mean, Rory, he, he's a guy that over this past like stretch after his like ungodly tear, you know, earlier in his career, and you thought he was you know, it was like a Tiger stretch that he had. After that, he's just plays great like this plays one amazing round 64 whatever it is but then you have this the first two rounds of 73s and just you know we'll see if he ever gets there and gets to that career grand slam he's a guy that look he's playing better than a guy like spieth is right now which we can get into him later but a guy that kind of had his you know really hot stretching of his career and kind of now we're going to see his you know comeback sort of say not really a comeback but you know, for him, he falls short here, but it, it did put pressure on Scheffler because everyone wanted Rory to win to, you know, win his first Masters. So everyone's like, oh, is Scheffler going to down the stretch, kind of choke it away? Obviously, he didn't, as Scheffler just said, rock solid. I mean, it's crazy. If you heard that roar, if you're Scheffler and stuff like that, it's like, I mean, he, I'm assuming you're so in your game that you just don't even That's like, what Dottie said. He was like, didn't even phase him. Yeah, like, how just, is that even possible? I mean, like, I probably wouldn't either, though. Just like thinking about it, though, because you don't, why, like, it makes, you don't know what, what it's for. It's I like guess you don't you know for sure. You can pick at the leaderboard eventually, right? Yeah, they get yeah, the leaderboard well, at 16. The, yeah. the big part of it, too, is is he had a big lead. You know, if he's got exactly, like a one-shot lead and he hears something like that, yeah. then it's like, okay, that, I think that gets in your head a lot But more. not but only the fact did, that he had... Like a five shot lead. I yeah. think he was 10 <laughs> under and then he like birdies. It, it was, he was 10 under, so it cut, that cut it to three. He parred fifteen. He parred thirteen. Then he went birdie, birdie on fourteen, fifteen. And yeah, it was so over. he yeah. he was he was still playing like aggressive enough golf to extend his. That's lead, true. That's true. Which I thought was impressive, and uh, you know, get a little scary there at the end. I was I don't, I love Scotty Scheffler, but I'm rooting for him to, you know, get to seven under and to see a playoff. Like I always. Oh just, god, no, I was rooting no. for that so hard. Like, I I, always, I I don't want to see the the choke. Like I like I know, Scotty Scheffler. I know. It's like, if it wa- if it wouldn't have been as much of a choke, like if it had just exactly. been like, one shot, then yeah, I would have been before it even harder. Yeah, I agree, but at the at the end of the day, I wanted to see. That's the only thing about this year's Masters where we didn't. Yeah, we sneaky didn't, Mike hated the Masters this year. No, we, well, talk we were this. talking about this, but I want to see like like holes. I want to see hole sixteen count. That's my thing. I want to okay. see. And last year was a little bit that with Xander going directly at the flag, puts it in the water. Um, if he gets a birdie there, I think it would have been a lot closer heading into 17-18, but I think uh, Matsuyama still, like, birdie won the last two holes, and he took it home. So uh, we haven't really had that super, super close finish, and I think since Tiger won it, right? Well, that that Masters is... Leave that. That's that's a yeah, I, yeah. I'll leave it because they had five of the final six guys go into the water on twelve. It was bananas. Yeah, yeah so it was absolutely bananas. I that's I just want madness. You know, of course, and that that was as mad as it's ever going to get. That uh, was incredible. But still, it, it was still super exciting to see Rory do that. And how about the celebration where it was like kind of like a he like shot put it in there. Flag go at the. I mean the. The club. That was a man who's never celebrated before. (laughs) I think it was like it was like I don't I don't know how to even react it. He threw he threw his sandwich like a discus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was phenomenal. I'm so glad you brought that up, Mike, because that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was like a mixture of like four different moves. I'm looking at I'm looking it up right now. I mean, it's not not something you're prepared for though. Yeah, but I mean that's it was a pretty crazy shot. Like you're not expecting in the bunker like yeah I'm gonna okay, hold this out right here. Okay, you're not planning your celebrations ever. Just just like go off the moment. But why is that your reaction? And I like just fist bump. I, 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 I don't the know. best it was weird. The best bunker reaction was Jordan at um 
<laughs> the Travelers, I think it was actually. I think it was at the Travelers. <laughs> Mike's watching him discus the sandwich right now. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Jordan. Inside. It was Spieth and Greller at the Travelers on the 18th hole, and Spieth bat flipped his club, and Greller chucked the rake across the green. <laughs> it was like that was insane. That was awesome. So, so I think there's a way to do it right. This was not I, it though. I really wish we could like have a visual of this right now. So he goes for the fist bump. And before his, his, he's trying to extend, like, <laughs> clothesline his arm out, the club launches out the opposite way. Yeah, he's pulling his I hand. Know. And then it turns into just, like, his, his opposite hand comes in forward. And he's kind of doing, like, a figure skating move. <laughs> and it it's, was amazing. It's amazing because it's just so spontaneous that it's just like, wow, that guy is just so excited. He knows he's not going to win, but just to have that moment for him is amazing. And then... Five minutes later, whatever happened. Two minutes later, you see his reaction when Morikawa drills yeah. it. It's, it's just as good because he's just so happy. Yeah, for he it. was excited. By and that I, one he said well. it after just to be able to root for other people. I think that that's what makes golf so great is that you're not always competing. You know, it's hole eighteen, round four. You just want to see you know someone that you're friends with hit a shot and raise up the leaderboard. So. That was probably the the moment of the tournament, in yeah, my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's not even Scotty winning, which I think is crazy. And that's what, in my opinion, makes this Masters great. Even though we don't get the competitive end, we get moments like that. Absolutely. And the storyline going into next year, you know, you guys will be sitting here a year from now doing your Masters preview, and the question that whoever's the host will ask is, are Rory's demons gone? Because he shot 64 last year. He's re- Maybe he's finally recovered from blowing the 2011 yeah, Masters. I, I think you could say they are. Um, if he wins a major, if he wins the U.S. Open or the PGA not, or the British, hundred yeah, percent they are. If, but if he struggles again, it's going to be it's the same old story. Is, is Rory really go ten years ago? Eleven. What about Rory, if Spieth has? A it's impossible like to think about yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah. If okay, so if either we'll get into Spieth and Kepka. What's the concern level for both of them? Spieth was a train wreck. I mean, this guy. I apologize for saying he was back. So let's take Rory and Spieth because they have very similar career arcs, just like four years apart, basically. Yeah. Rory never went through the the lows that Spieth is going through right now. No. But Rory, to me, like, he won three major champ, all his major championships, all three or four of them, however many it is, four, after the collapse at the Masters. So, because he won the U.S. Open two months later. Yeah. So, to me, I think he's been so in his head about major championships where he gets out to these... Terrible starts. He's tied for 94th. And then he plays better. And then he plays better. He makes the cut. And then he plays better. And it's like, oh, look at Rory. And then he plays better. He cashes top 10. It's all a mental thing because when you're out of the tournament, he can just relax and play golf. And and that's what we saw on Sunday. The ability of professional golfers, and Rory is near the top of that list, just pure talent and ability. You know that he can win the Masters. You know that he can win any major that he's in just based off of purely talent and his ability to play golf. A lot of it, though, is the mentality heading into Sunday knowing, okay, I'm not I'm out of it. I'm, I'm not going to win the. I'm not going to win this tournament, even if I shoot a historic 64. Let me just go out and have fun. Let me just go out and play my game and, and see what happens. That's what happened on Sunday. That's what you see. That's why that that celebration as much as we make fun of it it's so pure because he's just so you know happy with just you know the round and and the game of golf you know and and i think that is that's impossible to simulate or it's very difficult at least to simulate that mindset or trick your mind into thinking that's the case in order to you know really relax and just play your game 
when that narrative and that, you know, that idea of the Masters and not being able to win that and, and, and majors in general, you know, recently just builds up in your head. I think it's so difficult for anyone, especially professional athletes, to get over that, you know, that, you know, mental, you know, I guess block in your mind in terms of how you look at majors. But when he does, you can see how talented he is and you can see the fact that he can win any of these majors. Yeah, I think, you know, that's definitely the case with Rory, and I think if you see it with Spieth too, you know, Spieth's the guy who's the second youngest Masters winner. I'm looking at it right now. 20, 21 years, eight months. You don't have that much to lose when you're a young golfer on the scene. Like, you you have a, like, this is, you only have to go up, and I think that says a lot, but once you get to the top, there's a lot more pressure to stay there, and I think that's what, that's been part of the problem with Spieth, and um, he had a, a run last year where he was finishing very highly. It just... It's when you're when you're hot, you're playing very good golf, including a third at the Masters, yeah, third yeah. place. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I, I'm just I think that it could take him if he can finish top five in the majors uh, this year. I think next next Masters we're talking about a, about him as one of the you know the favorites, but we need to see the success. We need to see him win again, and uh, I guess that's the question with him. And I think the same things with Kepka. I mean, a lot a lot more with Kepka is getting healthy than I think it is with Speed. I think he is healthy, Kepka. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he missed time last year, right? Yeah, yes, last he did. year, but this year he's just a majors. Like he like usually plays really well in majors. Like in yeah, out of he nowhere, thought, he's basically. talked about before. Like he only cares about majors. Yeah. Like, uh, but he's missed the cut in his last two. So. Well, I I think there's definitely all those guys like those Spieth, the McRoys, the Kepkas, guys that when they're on they they can win majors. But you know stuff's got to go right for them. They have to be hot. They have to be playing good golf around that time. If not, you know they they can miss a cut. You know they they're very you know, you know, high ceiling but low floor kind of guys. That's you know, like I mean, you go into those guys. I mean, you could even put like Bryson in there too when he's healthy. I guess now he's I just not. think the Bryson career is not as big as long as the other those other guys, right? Yeah, no, Bry- but even when did Kepko go on his? It was tear? it was the seventeen. No, it was the yeah seventeen U.S. Open, eighteen U.S. Open, eighteen PGA, nineteen PGA. And then he finished in second or third in the 19 U.S. Open. Yeah, the U.S. Open. Yeah, so I guess I guess what I'm saying is that <laughs> so 17, 18, 19. Shambo won the 2020 U.S. 2020 Open. US Open. So like September, that yeah. was really his like break onto the scene, at least as a major winner. Yeah. Yep. And then since the, he had a run around that time, you know, he wins the Arnold. One Bay Hill. Yeah. Um. So like he he did have a a little moment there. It was basically when the Brooks. And Bryson rivalry started like they both yeah they they both heads. came up <laughs> clashed heads and then <laughs> went back down yeah, yeah that's so, what happened there so uh, I guess I, I'm still waiting on DeChambeau to before I can call him one of those guys that has really fallen off because it's still like you're not going to win every major but no. when you won four or five years ago and then more and you haven't really gotten back to the top of the mountain then then I can start feeling like you you got to win a major soon until I can call you a Masters contender the thing with Bryson too is this was extremely predictable. Because anybody who's ever watched sports, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with the Aaron Judge comparison, anybody who's ever watched sports can tell you that a guy who looks like that is not a sustainable body. Mm -hmm. Um, So him breaking down and getting getting injured in four different places at one time is not unpredictable. I just need to see the putting with Bryson. Around the greens, he struggles uh, a little too much. He did very well on the greens at the Duke Perfect video. (laughs) Nailed that croquet ball right in the hole. Well, the U.S. Open, he looked like Cam Smith, where he was like the greatest putter ever. Yeah, but it's always but a putter with these guys. He's though. never going to be able to. Uh, he's never been able to uh, replicate that. And um, he's, I guess, he is one of those guys when he's got it going right. He's tough to beat, and that's all those top guys. But 
it's just about getting to that where they feel comfortable enough where they're in the zone. They're not, you know, uh, their their mental game's there. And, you know, that's the same with Rory's, with the Speeths, with the Kepkas, And I, I don't think they're going to be contenders for any major. Right now, I think Rory, based on what we saw yeah. at this year's Masters, the closest there. But uh, I don't think DeChambeau or Kepka. Kepka didn't look that. Like, Kepka, like, the, his problems, I mean, 75-75. Like, when he needed a birdie, he bogeyed. That was kind of what yeah, he did. I mean, the, much. I think, yeah, it's like, what about the players, though? We really didn't, you know, he really struggled. I throw the players play. out, though, because, I mean, everyone struggled. Yeah. yeah, except for the guys who did well. I agree. Like, outside <laughs> the top 20, like, throw away the players because who knows what was going on. Because there. guys got other pockets. Than, other though. than Cam Smith, throw away the players. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Other than, like, yeah. Smith and yeah. Lahiri and uh, Kisner was in the top 10, and yeah. the other guys were in the top 10. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a incredible. Incredibly fun week at the Masters. I, I love the Masters. I have two corrections from last episode. Uh, Mike asked me who puts the jacket on. I said the chairman of the club. Couldn't remember his name. His name is Fred Ridley, which I ended up getting there. No, that's if you win it back to back. Back to back. back. Yeah, 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 back to back. Okay, and then I said the tall guy with the glasses. He is the tall guy. He doesn't have the glasses. That was his predecessor, Billy Payne. I also well, we a, I know we had a lot of listeners. That I know, was. yeah. I just wanted to clear that up. And the last <laughs> one is people were so you know that that was bugging him all weekend. I messed <laughs> up. I messed up the falling down joke. Remember, I said Tony Finau as long as he doesn't fall down the stairs. DJ was the one that fell down the stairs. Tony Finau slipped and hurt his ankle in the par three contest. So I don't okay. want to correct those things because I said the Tony Finau. I was like, bam, that was a good one, and then it ended up being wrong. So <laughs> that was unfortunate for me. Um, what about Finau, I mean, that's a guy who's oh man. Finau, he didn't actually. Didn't he finish? Tied for thirty fifth. No, but remember he had the Finau run where like he just could not win for the. Yeah, yeah. He He finished T two in every tournament. Yeah, yeah. And you're just never gonna be able to get back there. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Um. Uh, yeah. I don't want to stop talking about the Masters. The last thing thing I want to say is Siwoo Kim was tied for I think nineteenth going into the final round and shot a seventy six. That's tough for you. It was rough. That's rough. Very very rough. (laughs) Well, that's the thing about the only person watching Siwoo Kim probably was you. (laughs) (laughs) Every time he came on the screen, I was like, oh boy, there he is. The solo shot of him, just his entire round. Nobody else. Oh man, that's funny. So, I have a question, and we could go around and we'll talk about uh, the RBC Heritage. What is your favorite and least favorite Masters of all time? Oh. Think about it. Favorite, obviously, everybody's going to say 2019. Say so, throw, so throw away 2019. 2019, yeah. For me, my favorite Masters is 2013. It was Adam Scott against Angel Cabrera in, yeah, the, in the pouring rain in the playoff. I have to look up. Twenty eleven was a good one. Like eighty seven guys were tied. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I was not watching the Masters in twenty eleven. That's that's that was a good one. I remember the Adam Scott one. The Adam Scott one was good. Jordan twenty fifteen was good. You weren't watching the Masters when you were ten years old, are you kidding me, Mike? No, I was not. (laughs) Uh, my least favorite one, I'll go I'll go twice. I'll go twice in a row, was Patrick Reed. Because the Patrick Reed one, twenty eighteen. Who's eighteen, yeah. This Masters this Masters is gonna go down, I think, as Forgettable. I, really, I agree I with that. that. I agree Just with like that. Like I bet last year. You know what? Though Tiger coming back, is, is... the Rory uh, uh, Morikawa chips, Scheffler. If he goes on to be, you know, one of the top in golfers the in the game, things, then like it's the, gonna be remembered as his first major. That's true. Yeah. The the one major I will say, I think it was it was 05 when when Tiger went to the the playoff with Demarco. That was 05. Right? Yeah. It was 05. My brother, he's eight years older than me, so he was kind of in his prime. Like he had some in high school. He had some like movie project to do and they like re like him and his that's friends funny. yeah they like one of his friends had like a putting green and they like redid that uh that's cool yeah my late favorite is patrick reed because he beat ricky spieth and rory 
to win, and those are three what guys I would have liked to see win over Patrick Reed. So that was my least yeah. favorite because it was like this guy out of all people, he beat Ricky by one. I'm gonna go um, one of the 2012 or 2014. One of Watson's. Also, words. yeah, I remember Bob. Well, which one? I, the playoff I, was 2012. The playoff. That's what I'm. Yeah, saying. I think it's 2012 because I remember the story behind. Uh, Bubba Watson when he won, I think, uh, uh, like really, I, f- I forget what the exact story was, but I think he had a fa- uh, someone in his family, his wife had cancer, cancer? right? Yeah, I think I know in tw- 2010, uh, his father had cancer. Yeah, so that, um, and but there was there was so much around that. I think I remember seeing that in Sports Center. So I'm gonna pick that as mine. 2012. That was a good one. Some of these guys like that have won is crazy. Too, I'll throw that one out. That was a really good one. He 2016 sucked. When I was young. Yeah, I mean, huge, Danny Willett's like, going to be the new, uh, like, random guy that won, like Mike Weir. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a shot at Mike Weir, but yeah. You're, no, Danny Willett's much more relevant than Mike Weir. That, that, that's a, that, to me, that's a shot at Mike Weir because cause Danny Willett's far more relevant. I, I thought Danny Willett was going to ruin this Masters because he was, really? like, on the screen all the time on Friday. I was like, get this guy off my television. <laughs> we did this once already. I can't do it again. And it's like that, like, American pride thing. Like, we want American golf to do well. And it's like when this like British guy nobody's ever heard of <laughs> beats our twenty one year old, Danny Willett. Danny Willett. Oh, oh god, yeah, okay. And it's like our like beats our twenty one year old in twenty sixteen. Now he's back to beat Scotty Scheffler. It's like get off my TV, like please God. But yeah, no, I, good Masters in my opinion. Can you guys tell we want to stop talking? We can't stop talking about the Masters. <laughs> yeah, we can't stop talking. RBC Heritage is this week. Harbor Town Golf Links in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, I've never, I didn't play it, but I uh, had like lunch like at the place right outside okay. it. I saw the lighthouse, went up to the top of the lighthouse. Very cool place. Um, this is a fun tournament because RBC sponsors a lot of golfers, yeah. so those they're like contractually obligated to play in this, and then the Canadian <laughs> Open. So they're <laughs> they're forced to they're forced to. It's actually like Dustin Johnson <laughs> plays in it every year. Masters, yeah. Exactly. DJ is a South Carolina guy though, so he probably would play it in every year anyways. But he plays in it every year. Uh, and some other. This is a good field for the week after the Masters. JT, Morikawa, Cam Smith, DJ, Cantlay, yeah. Lowry, Fitzpatrick, Connors, Berger, Simpson, Neiman, M. So they're pretty good. Uh, oh, Tyrrell Hatton. Let's go back to the Masters. Did you guys see the Tyrrell Hatton comments at the end of Sunday? I didn't. Oh my God, this is incredible. Tyrrell. Yeah. We've got a podcast. We got to stop. You don't want to talk about RBC Heritage? Hold on. Oh come on! Whoever he made basically, it to this point in the podcast needs to know about the RBC heritage. So did you? Oh, okay, so he ba- he called Augusta <laughs> unfair. So, so Tyrrell he Hatton, called Augusta unfair. Tyrrell Hatton is a psychopath. He, did you see the clip, the viral clip of him shooting his putter like yeah. a gun? On mm-hmm. that was that was <laughs> insanity. He played with Billy Horschel one day this weekend, which is just too good to be true. <laughs> he said, "I'm glad it's over." admitting he had lost interest. This course doesn't really suit my eye, to be honest. It's just been one of those weeks that I feel like if I came back in the future, it's just a case of trying to get through the best that I can. You can hit good shots here and not get any reward for it. It's unfair at times. I don't agree with that. That's the that's the comment that made the rounds. He shot 79-80 on the weekend. Yeah, what about the other 51 golfers? that Exactly. It wasn't a problem for them. Yeah, I mean, that's just a sore loser. Yeah, he is a sore loser. He won at Bay Hill, so he should be good at tough golf, but he is a sore loser. You're right, 100%. Uh, and some other guys on the list, as I Jordan Spieth also playing this week, Kevin Knock, Kevin Kisner. So a good field. Uh, Stuart Sink won last year. Uh, if you remember that, his son was on the bag. He made a hole in one uh, last year, I think. Or when did he make a hole in one at the Masters? This year. He made a hole in one at the Masters yes, this year. Yeah, on 16. I was like, what oh, the hell did he do? Yeah, he finished like top 20 in the Masters last year and then won this. And then this year he made a hole in one. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and his son is his caddy. He's playing in this week. So that's a guy to watch. Yeah, on these PGA power rankings, Haddon's fourteenth. 
uh, for this week. Probably, yep, for RBC Heritage. Yeah, he's pretty far down here on the uh, on the odd sheet here as well. So let's get into our pick sleeper fades. Uh, as we mentioned, I won. I got two yeah. out of the three right. Everybody got one, which is good. Mike had Kepka missing the cut. Andrew had Bryson missing the cut. And so Sam, just, just to clarify, fade is missing the cut. Fade is yeah, missing the cut. Fade is missing the cut. I like that. Sleeper is top 20, and pick has to win. That's perfect. And Sam had Corey Connors in the top 20. That was a great pick. That was a fantastic pick, Sam. Well done. I th- I, Cantley, I didn't I didn't pick Cantley thinking he wasn't going to make the I thought Cantley was going to make the cut. So I, I didn't really pick my, my uh, fade. Okay, so now we'll, we'll so hammer now it down. Yeah. Now, everyone knows. now we know. A now fade, we know. you yeah. got to miss the cut. So I'll start with my pick. My pick is the guy who finished in the tie for third at the Masters, um, and that's Shane Lowry. He's uh, number one on these power rankings. He's number one on the power rankings that PGA Tour released today. Brooks Koepka was number one on the Masters power rankings. Chris, way, so. Chris, <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. great pick, great pick. Thank you, great thank pick. you, Sam. Shane is as, plus as the, as the Irishman. Plus, Sam, tw- the only one who's allowed to pick Shane Lowry. Here. <laughs> hey, I am Irish. Okay, yeah, Chris okay. is probably more Irish than I am, to be honest. So he is every. Like, I got seventy-five percent of it. Yeah, no, that's more than me. So. Uh, he's plus 2,200 to win, plus 400 to finish top five. Played very well last week. Much easier conditions this week. Uh, I like Shane. I'm going to go with Matt Fitzpatrick, a guy that's played just low-key very well this season, 14th at the Masters, so top 20 finish there. He's made every cut since 2018 here at RBC, tied for fourth and two tied for 14th in that span, so playing good golf, a guy that's had some success here at RBC, and a guy that I feel like can get the win. So I'm going to go with the same guy I picked last week, because I'm hoping this time I get it right. Justin <laughs> Thomas. Um, he's second in shots gained from tee to the green. Um, he leads the tour in fairway proximity. So uh, he's a guy who's been awesome off the tee so far this year. Um, it's just about finishing it. You know, he's had some really good finishes, eighth in the Masters this past week. Um, and I think he could win it. So I, I, if it wasn't last week, maybe it's this week. Sleep. Mike is like the little engine that could here. He just keeps trying. <laughs> well, think about it. If I just pick the same guy over and over, then I'll take Justin Thomas's tour wins. As Imagine if you just wins. keep yeah, that's just not picking Justin Thomas. I'll pick Justin Thomas until he wins. Until he wins. I'll yeah. think about it if, if he how, depending on how he does. <laughs> um, so I've got you know for my uh, for my winner, it's a guy that uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. A guy that had a very special moment on Sunday. It's not Rory, but Colin Morikawa. Um, he's you know riding a ton of momentum. Obviously, sixty-seven. He shot. Uh, on Sunday at the Masters. He was also, you know, he had a top 10 last year uh, at RBC Heritage, so um, he's played pretty good golf there in the past. He's got six top 10 finishes this year, which is, I think, a little bit under the radar. He hasn't won a tournament this year, which is probably why, um, you know, he hasn't been, you know, talked about as a favorite, really, but he is now the favorite or the odds-on favorite this week, um, I think, so I really think he just – it's only a matter of time before he wins a golf tournament, and I think this week is the week for him. Sleepers, guys, who you think are going to finish in the top 20? This guy got cut last year from this tournament but lost in a playoff a few years back. Did not play very well at the Masters, but a South Carolina guy, Kevin Kisner. I like him at plus 200 to finish in the top 20. I'm going to go with Matt Kuchar. A guy that was, you know, very down on the list. He actually didn't even play last week at the Masters. So why didn't he play? Did he not qualify? Maybe not. But that he finished feels second hard at, to believe at Valero, though. He finished second at Valero. It feels hard to believe that he didn't qualify. But and yeah, he's, continue. He's made seventeen out of seventeen cuts since two thousand four. Wow. So a guy that I like to make the cut and hopefully finish in the top twenty. He's got nine in that span. Nine top twenty finishes. 
Sam, do you want to pick your sleeper? I'm deciding between two guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah, I love the honesty. Uh, I got jo uh, Neiman, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, uh, he has the 12th best odds. I think a little high. He uh, he was, um, I'd say, disappointing in the Masters because he shot, you know, in the opening round, he was with Tiger. So I think a lot of eyes were on him, you know, in the first round. He shot Didn't 69. He play well. Yeah, very well. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he played very well in the first round and then just kind of fell off from there, uh, from then on uh, across the tournament, which happened to a lot of guys. So I don't really take, you know, too much out of that. Um, but he's got to win this year as well at the Genesis. So he's played some pretty solid golf this year. And I think uh, Neiman has a very good shot. Definitely making the cut. I think he's got a good shot at uh, cracking. I'd say, you know, even, you know, up to the top five, which is something he did at the Heritage two years ago. So he's, he's had a top five finish there before. And I think he can do it again. All right. I'm going to go Kevin Na as my pick. Okay. Uh, finished 14th uh, at the Masters plus two overall. He was four under on uh, round four Sunday. His odds to win are right around, let me look, uh, 5,500. So he's definitely in the, you know, middle bottom half of uh, the, um, the rankings. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think he's been playing good enough golf, and it's that time of year where he momentum carries. And if he did well at Augusta, like to think he does well this weekend. Mike, who's you, who is your other? Guy? Yeah, we got to know now. Well, I was between Brian Harmon, maybe, but okay. he didn't. Do, do you struck. just hate lefty? Do we just hate lefties? You take a shot at Mike Weir. Yeah. You now take a shot at Brian Harmon. I, he was in my. I final mean, it's not really a shot. <laughs> no, I think Harmon didn't. Oh, do well. this is sleeper, not fade. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, this yeah. is not fade. Harmon didn't do well enough at the Masters for me to for me to pick him. I know he's been playing. He was fifth at the Valspar. I feel like it doesn't and matter though. And like so, if you played well on Augusta compared to here. You don't think so? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean I don't if really you played good golf last weekend, I think it. He was really good at the Valspar. He was fourteen under. Well, I think fit. what we learned from the Masters though was that if cut. you're playing good golf going into a tournament, you know, it's it's a safer. He got bet cut at plus five though. Play, like you yeah. didn't play awful golf if you got cut at plus five. No. So no. I mean, but he was he was the guy I was considering because I think he's someone Fair. that can sneak in at top twenty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I went with not. I have Jordan Spieth to miss the cut at plus 170 as my fate. Uh, so do I. We're really, oh, all three of us. <laughs> yep. yep, that's boring. He, he, yep. It's boring. Like, when I was looking at, like, the guys, I was like, I mean, Jordan Spieth, I was just looking at, like, his results over the past, like, few months. I was like, this guy's really not played well. No. Like, I mean, yeah. only one, this whole season, only one top 20 finish. Whew. So. He's got the 10th best odds in the field, too. Like. This like, is a thing with golf very betting. High, considering. Sorry, Sam. Go ahead, sorry. This is a this is a thing that I'm noticing that we've started doing this, and we're doing it based on the odds, so it's a little more fair, and we don't argue over it all um, every week. I I don't understand how some of these guys are so high. Yeah. I it doesn't make any like how is Webb Simpson like eleventh? Oh, Webb Simpson's yeah. actually like very good at this course. But like he won. He won. He, he, he won, won the first event yeah. post COVID here. I do remember <laughs> yeah. that, but like still, like I don't know. But yes, a hundred percent agree with you, Sam. So I'm up. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Billy Horschel as my fade. Okay. So uh, that's my pick. Uh, he didn't do that's awful at the Masters, forty third. Um, so I don't know. I just I'm not feeling the the Horschel. So he's my pick. Gut feeling. Dig it. <laughs> Gut feeling. <laughs> All right, there it is. So we have picked the RBC Heritage. We have uh, reviewed the Masters tournament. Uh, so it is it is good to do all of that finally. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. 
made it this far. If you made it this far uh, (laughs) into both our Masters preview, which apparently did pretty well on YouTube, to our Masters review as well. Uh, Great week. Scotty Scheffler wins his first major championship, and we have the RBC Heritage and Hilton Head to come off the back end of that. The PGA Championship just five weeks away, which is very exciting as well. For Sam Davis out in Ireland, Andrew Galata, and Mike Calamari here in the Bronx, I'm Chris Hennessy. We will talk to you next week with the Zurich Classic.